This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I brought paper notes and my iPad in case my iPad acts up. You know, paper normally doesn't <clears throat> act up. You know, it doesn't run out of batteries or anything like that. And so I'm just going to put those back here because this pulpit. You know, it only has this little deal here to keep stuff from falling down. You know, see so if you have too much, then you'll lose something. Oh. It's my lack of experience that, that causes these problems, really. No, I know. It's right here. Isn't it? yeah. I, I bought this thing and, so, and put it together. And so it's, it's, I, I, I kind of know how it goes. Praise the Lord. So now, aside from the technical difficulties and pastors, you know, he's always helpful. Have you noticed that? Yes, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I like you guys. You know? Oh, good. It's, uh, you know, it, we're family, right? And it's just good to be with family. And, uh, and I just want to share some things out of my heart tonight that I think is going to be helpful. Some of the things that the Lord has, has helped me with, you know, and uh, some stuff that I've seen in the Word and, and heard through people that He has put in my life. You know, we all need people in our life. You know that? We can't just run around and do, do stuff just, uh, you know, as a lone wolf because then you're an easy target for all kinds of stuff. Easy target for deception, you're easy target for any, any kind of attack, really. But if you have the herd around you, you know, if you have those that God has put in your life around you, then you'll, you'll stand much stronger. And, and, and God, of course, knows that, and that's why he, he, he calls us a body. You know, so actually, there's supposed to be the same unity in between us as in between us and the Father. Did you know that? Because a, a body functions together, right? And so <clears throat> one of the things I thought I'd just mention and, and, and that really helps because, you know, we grow together as a church, right? And so it's, it's not just, just like, you know, the, 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 you know, of course, the pastor, the one who's, who's in the pulpit, you know, they have learned some things and they share from the Word of God. But we're supposed to, you know, it's not just a, a single person effort when we come to, together, it's supposed to, you know, the, 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 what comes out of the preacher is, is, is greatly affected by the people that are there in, in the service. Because, you know, if you, if you honor the things of God, right, if you honor His Word and if you honor the people that God has, has set behind the pulpit, then, then it will be, there will be help from heaven to get out whatever needs to get out. Because what comes through the preacher, Paul said, the grace that was on me is for you. Right. And so unless there is a pull or, 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 or somebody who really is wanting to learn and to get something, there's going to be a limit to what can come out to help you. Right. Because really, the, the preacher is just a vessel that God uses to speak through. Right. And so and that's why, you know, so when in prayer tonight, you know, I'm just like I said, thank you. Lord. I'm, I'm laying hold of of the unction or, 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 or help from you. To speak what needs to be spoken tonight because you know the thing is that if because if you come to to service and you don't really think that you have much of a part to play then 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 it's gonna it's gonna limit what god can do but if we come hungry and expectant that you know what where two or three are gathered in my name jesus said i'm there in the midst of them and and last time i checked jesus only said what the father told him to say and so what he said is truth 
right? And so that means that, that, that whether you have realized it or not this far, uh, where we gather two or three in his name, Jesus is there. And the more you acknowledge that, the more he's going to be able to manifest his presence in our midst. And that's when, when, when services start to become fun and, 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 and life-changing, right? Because where Jesus is, wow, you know, some things can change, right? Because when he walked the earth, you know, what was he doing? You know, he went about doing good, you know, and healing all that were oppressed of the enemy. And so if there's any oppression, and so when we acknowledge him and we invite him in, then he's going to be able to set people free, right? And so the unction is greatly affected by the people that are in the room. I, I know when I sit down, and I can sense it when I sit down and talk to somebody like one-on-one, and, and, and that person is, 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 is interested and they're, 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 for lack of a better word, putting on what you have, then there is, you say stuff you haven't thought of in years, right? It's because now the Holy Ghost is able to bring stuff to your remembrance to help that person because that person is open. That person wants to hear from heaven. And so now, now I'm way beyond my ability, right? Aren't you glad? <laughs> then we can be way beyond what I can do because really, you know, it, it is actually God manifesting himself in our midst, right? And so that's why right now I would also like you to start to become very expectant to what God can do at our Faith Life Conference. I was just privileged to meet... Uh, Cindy Black, she used to be, be here, you know, in our, in our previous camp meetings back in the 90s, I think, or wherever. And, and I was just sharing with her, you know what, you know what, people are still blessed today by those meetings. Amen. And so I'm talking to certain people that I wasn't here at that time, but I'm, I don't even know her. So I just went up and introduced myself. You know, it's just like, oh, oh, no, I love the cow strips, you know, so it's like I do too. And so, <laughs> but, you know, and so, but, you know. In my atmosphere, you know, we had those, those, those meetings where people actually took off wor- from work to be there. We had service in the morning, right, and in the evening. You know, and the thing is, when you honor God enough to take time off work to be there, he's going to show up. And then, you know, Gala said, oh, yeah, that's when Matt's foot went from just like, you know, just got healed. And so, so she was just blessed, you know, to, to, to hear about that, you know, these, you know, many, many years after but my point is if we will expect something from heaven right if we will actually make time to be there at every service and expect God to move guess what God will move because now the utterance will be there for the speakers and the thing is that now that the door of utterance is open now they can step into a completely different place now they're actually stepping into the anointing that is on their lives right it's it's a completely different thing you know, you can liken it to, for instance, you know, the one that is over the Federal Reserve. I don't know who's over, over that right now. But anyhow, when that person speaks, it's different than when just a, a regular person speaks, right? Not that they're an irregular person, but when they're in their office. And it's like you have, for instance, you have authority in, in your life, you know, and in your finances and what goes on in your life. But when, when this person speaks from their office, now, the, 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 the finances of the entire nation is affected by what they say. And so when, when somebody that is called by God, now, now the door of utterance is open, they step into their, their gifting and their calling. Now, when they speak, things change in a whole different way than if they're not. 
So our participation makes all the difference regarding what God can do. This is in a special meeting, this is in a Wednesday night or in a Sunday morning. So it's, it's we need to participate and we need to expect. And we are actually also some of the best you can ever do is to pray for your pastor. Yeah, because your life is greatly affected by the unction that is on him. Right? Because when he's, when he's ministering from his office, things are different. And you will know, if you're, any, if, if, you're, if you're spiritually sensitive, you will know that now there's more weight to it. Praise the Lord. Just some practical stuff that is going to help us to, for, 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 for the tide to rise, right? Because the thing is, uh, if we don't honor the things of God, then it's going to be a limit to what He can do for us. Regardless of the fact that you've actually been joined to Christ positionally, right? Because pastor has done a great job in talking about our authority in Christ, but there's some stuff that you, will, you, you won't step into unless you honor the things of God and you start to put him in the number one spot, right? Because right? he, he needs to be one. He needs to be the main focus of your life, right? He needs to be, he is number one. And unless you, 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 you align yourself with that, it's going to be a limit to what he can do because he cannot, he cannot do anything outside of his word. And he said that those that honor me, I will honor. <laughs> but if we, if we choose to do those, you know, line up with, with making him number one and making him a priority, then he's going to be able to move mightily in our lives. And a lot of times people can, 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 can look at stuff, well, I see all this in, in, in the Bible and it doesn't really work in my life. Well, maybe there's just some small adjustments in your heart regarding honoring the things of God and who He is, right? That'll just release Him to change some things in your life that He hasn't been able to even though He wants to because He cannot go against what He said. And that's a good thing because that makes us able to trust him. And I have found this out in my walk with him that he will not make any exceptions for anybody, preacher or anybody else. You have to walk according to the word. <laughs> you have to align yourself. And it's a heart attitude, right? It's in here. And when you do, then, then, then things are going to start to flow. And they're going to start to move as we see in the word that they're supposed to move. Hallelujah. So is that helpful? Praise the Lord. It's got nothing to do with what I had for notes. But, um, well, I wasn't really, you know, sometimes you're just like, you know, I have all these things, you know, in my heart. And I'm just like, but I'm just like, Lord, you, 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 you I, I like these people, but you really love them. Right? And he cares about you affectionately. You know, he wants you to experience his goodness in your life. He, he wants to, <laughs> to see everything that Jesus paid for manifest in your life. Not just in, in, in certain people's lives. That, because the thing is that, that everybody has the same uh, place in God, for lack of a better way to put it. You know, he loves everybody the same. He's got no favorites, right? He loves everybody. And some people, he's, he's able to bless more than others. And it's got, anyhow, so, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
<laughs> oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I was... Uh, where do we go from here? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What do you guys think? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm, uh, you know, in my walk with the Lord, you know, I, I really uh, probably did most of it wrong, you know, to begin with, you know, uh, you know, I was, I was born again at an early age, like eight years old. And, and then I, but I knew because, you know, my mom would drag me to services whether I liked it or not. You know, sometimes that's a, that's a very good thing. You know, get your children exposed to, to, to the presence of God, right? Because it'll, it'll stay with them. And, and so at, at 18 years old, I just knew, I was in a series of meetings and I knew that the Lord was just impressed because I heard about Rama Bible Training Center in Oklahoma. I grew up in Norway, so this is like far away, you know. And I, and, but I just knew that, you know what, I, I, I need to go to that Bible school. And uh, so I applied, got accepted, and uh, moved over here in uh, end of August, I think it was beginning of September in 1993. And my dad brought me over. And, you know, to me, it was just like a total, like, whoa, this is all new. I still remember how warm it was when I stepped off the, the, the airplane at, at JFK, you know, and, and the, the heat just hit me. You know, you grew up, grew up in Norway, you don't know what 90 degrees feel like. <laughs> and with humidity, it's just like, this, the air is thick, you know. So it's just different, very different. But anyhow, so I, I, I went to school, and I... You know, I, I knew I needed to be there, right? And so, so, you know, it takes you a while to get over, like, the whole uh, language barrier, you know, and stuff like that. But I started to, to get some stuff. And you, you, you get more than you think. You know, you sit there. And, and, you know, how many of you know that you hear some things when you just start going to church and you don't understand all of it? You kind of just know that, yeah, this is right, but it kind of just goes over your head in a way, you know? And so, and I, I never really you know, really developed my personal relationship with the Lord. And so um, a lot of different things happened. You know, the pastor that we used to have, um, it was a church that was like three hours away, but he just went off the deep end, and, and uh, I was just, I had big problems with that. And, and so, you know, you can never base your relationship with the Lord or the truth of the Word of God on a person, regardless of who he is. But I'm telling you now, I'm at a point that I don't really care. Not that I think it would ever happen, but if Pastor and Joan went off the deep end or some of the other preachers that I listened to went off the deep end, I still would just follow Jesus. Because people are people. And you cannot, you cannot, but, but it messed with me for many, many years, you know, because, you know, as a, as a pastor or a man of, of, of God, you have influence on people, right? And so anyhow, so I, I decided to just walk a different direction. You know, I just started hanging around my old friends. And even though, you know, so I overrode the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Because I was reasoning in my head, you know, he's, he's an idiot and people are going to think I'm the same way if I, if, 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 you know, if I keep on following the Lord. So I'm just like, I'm not doing that, you know. And so anyhow, so that brought a lot of heartache and a lot of, of, of you know, you know, sin is pleasurable for a season, right? It's pleasurable for a season, but it will catch up with you. 
And then I found myself with, 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 with no hope, really couldn't see where my life was going, and, and really didn't, did, and, and then I started having all these issues in my body as far as physical things are concerned, and so I'm just like, dude, you know, this is not cool. I don't like my life. And uh, do you know sometimes we have to hit, hit the wall before we realize that this is not cool? And so I did, and so I just, so I just asked her, I said, Lord, I mean, if, if you're, and, and you know what, when you, when, you, when, you, when you mess with sin, darkness comes and confusion comes, and then I got to a point where I started even questioning if what I, what I had experienced with God was even true. So don't, don't, don't mess with that. Don't go down that road. Anyhow, but God is merciful. And so I just said, Lord, I said, if you still want me, because, you know, I didn't have no confidence because I had known better and walked away, right? I said, but if you still want me, I will live for you. And it was almost like he stood right there and was just waiting for me to turn, to repent. You know, repentance is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I, remembering back, I can remember several times where he actually, he, you know, one time in particular, he saved my life. I should have just, I was driving a motorcycle, I should have gone off the road. Because I was going through a turn, I was doing 120 or whatever, and, and I was going out towards the, the line at the outside of the road. And, and I knew, because you know, you, you learn how to feel where, where it's supposed to go, and I knew this is going off. But for whatever reason, I was just held on the inside of that line all the way through the turn. And I knew, I knew that God had saved my life. And I also knew on the inside that if you don't quit this, you will kill yourself. See, the thing is that even if you walk off, you're still a child of God, right? You're still a child of God, and he can get your attention. But, you know, you choose which way you go. Because he left, he's left the decision up to you. So anyhow, he's merciful. <laughs> so now I turn, and I knew that I was like, well, I got off in Tulsa. I need to get back to Tulsa to kind of get back on track. And because I remember Brother Hagen used to say that he, you know, Dad Hagen, Kennedy Hagen, went home to the Lord in 2003. He said, you know, if you get off, he says, just get back to where you knew you were on, you know, <laughs> and, and just keep moving there. And so I thought, okay, so I need, to, I need to get back to Tulsa, you know. And I was not in my mind, you know, at this point to go back to Bible school. But I was like, at least I'm going to go back to Tulsa, you know, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the Lord. You know, this was... This was back in 2003, 2004, because Brother Hagen went home to be with the Lord, too. That kind of, I thought, the world is coming to an end. Because regardless of where I was, I mean, he, he, I regarded him as a man of God. And so it's just like, what, what's, what's, what now? You know? And so anyhow, and so I, I turned my life around, and my, my, the people I worked for, I just asked to get transferred to Tulsa. Uh, I was working for a Norwegian company. We were just traveling all over the world, uh, worked in oil exploration. And so they would just send me wherever they were working. So we were working in Africa, working in the Mediterranean or in Greenland or wherever. And so it really didn't matter to them. But very graciously, I believe it was the favor of God that they uh, let me move to Tulsa and then also decided to pay for my medical insurance and all that stuff. And it's like, well, that is amazing. So anyway, because I didn't even know I needed it. You know, I didn't know much about America, okay? Because it's like in Norway, everything is like, you know, covered medical all that stuff but you know you come here and it's a different story so when you move countries there's a lot of stuff you don't know anyhow so I started to uh, 
to, to get back under, you know, now I started to go to church when I wasn't working. So I worked five weeks, then I had five weeks off. So I would spend that time in Tulsa. I would go to church. I would go to, to, to prayer and healing school that they had there. And I would start getting the word in me. I would start to listen to, to, to messages, series when I was offshore. I would just, you know, you work 12 hours and then you, you know, you don't sleep 12 hours. And so what do you do? So I would listen to a message every night you know, a, a sermon, you know, like maybe an hour or so every night. But, you know, you can't do that without faith rising in your heart. You can't because when, when the word goes in, light comes. The entrance of the word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And this goes back to what I was going to talk about, you know, the plan of God for your life. You know, you can get off, right? You know, but you can also get back on. And so, so I got back on, on the path, you know, and, and so I started getting the word in me. I started getting the word in me, and now, you know, the Lord is, is starting to deal with me about certain things. And so one of them was about taking flight training. I'm not going to get into that. But then, in 2009, and so now I've been, you know, I've been, my life, I turned my life around. I started, you know, going to services. I started, you know, pursuing the things of God. And the thing is that when you start doing that, then God starts to get your attention. Maybe not at once, but as the word comes in, then more light comes and more light comes. And then you start to realize that, whoa, you know, I really have a call of God on my life. That might not be evident to you right as you start pursuing the Lord. Or sometimes it might. It's different for, for everybody, you know. But, but for me, you know, it, that stuff had to kind of get stirred back up. You know, stirred back up. And so when I was in the services where, where, you know, the presence of God was really moving, then I was just like, you need to go back to Bible school. I'm like, uh-uh. You know, you need to go back to Bible school. And, and actually, when I was in the service, I was just, yeah, I do. And then I walk out of service and I, you know, get back to my apartment, whatever. It's like, mm-mm. Because then I start to reason, you know, because God speaks to you in your heart. But, you know, your head will reason. Well, if I do that, well, how am I going to make a living? If I do that, I'm going to have to, you know, quit my job. And I'm just like, I have a good job. You know, and I had a good job. Most people that have that job, they don't quit. They just stay there for like 30 years and, and they retire because it's, it's a great job. Great pay, great benefits, you know. And some say, like, I'm not doing that. But, you know, over time, if your heart is right, God will get your attention. And, of course, he, he, he leaves the, 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 the decision up to you. Right? He won't make you do anything, but he will move on you. And then I got to a point where I knew, and he said, you know, <laughs> he knows how to get your attention. And he said, he said, if you don't go back to school now, he says, you'll be too late to fulfill everything that I've called you to do. I'm like, hmm. I'd like to do everything. You know, <laughs> you know, we don't like to miss out, right? And so and he, he knows my personality. He's like, I'm not going to be like, no, I, I don't care. And it's like, no, I actually do care. And, and so, so I started, so I started uh, you know, laying up, you know, some finances and stuff to, to come here. Because, you know, as you're a student, you can't work. And, you know, after a while, you know, you can get hungry if you don't have any money. And so, <laughs> and so, so I laid up, you know, and so, so I had a good buffer. And, uh, and I actually ended up going to school for years you know, and, and longer than I ever anticipated. But, you know, it's, it's, it started with me feeding on the Word of God, feeding on the Word of God. And the thing is that God has a plan and a purpose for all of us, right? 
Because when you were born again, you were placed in the body, in his body, so that you have a function that you're supposed to do to get the gospel out. You know, it's going it's to be, be, be connected to what, what is the mandate on Jesus. Well, well his, his mandate was to set people free. You know, if you look at Luke 4.18, it says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And so when you join yourself, you know, because God, you know, has called you to this church, right? And to the mandate that is upon this church is to do exactly what the mandate was on Jesus, right? To preach the gospel, to, to set people free, right? That's what you are part of as well. And your part is as important as my part. And as you feed on the word, then more and more light will come. You know, and, and, and Paul, he was talking to Timothy. And, you know, I don't know where you're at in this whole day, but I'm just going to read what he said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, who dwelt first in your grandmother Lewis and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded this in you also. I'm going to stop right there because there's, there's, you know, things get passed down from generation to generation. And, and it's, it's, I can see that my mom's prayers, you know, mom, you know, she, she, and she doesn't mind me saying this, you know, she has an interesting personality. And, and, but she prayed a lot in the Holy Ghost for me, and she still prays for me on a daily basis, me and my family, and for my sister, and, and, and for my brother, you know, and, 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 and those prayers God heard. There's a genuine faith in her that she has imparted into her children. And the thing is that that's the same that I'm doing to my children. I'm passing it on, but now it's at a much younger age. A much younger age, and I'm putting it into them. And I'm letting my, my, my you know, I, I, will, I will pray my daughter to sleep at night. I will start to pray for my family. I will start to proclaim the word over my family. And the thing is that later on, she can quote some of the things that I pray. <laughs> well, I'm putting it in her. And so, so they will walk into some things it took me years to learn. Right? And it's supposed to be a progression. It's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be that your children go way beyond what you were able to do. Because you might have gotten, gotten born again at a later age. And so, and so you, you, you got a later start than they did. But you can, you, can, you, can, you can get your kids off to a great start in life. Genuine faith. Because your faith is genuine. You can, you can put that in them at a young age. And then now, they're, 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 there's a lot of things that they don't have to overcome. 
Because a lot of times, this is what you have to overcome. Because up through the years, there's some things that you, you just see yourself a certain way, even though the Bible says a completely different thing. And even though you've heard it, it takes time to overcome some of those things. And so now, guess, let's get back to when I, when I went back to Bible school, I had problems with my thinking, how I saw myself, because the devil was bringing it up. He says, well, you knew better, and you walked away. Who are you to do anything in ministry, you hypocrite? You know, he will, he will, he will use those things for all they're worth. And so now... But thank God for the people that is in the body. People, if you ask him, he will help you. He will help you. Because I said, Lord, I understand that you want me to preach, but I don't want to. But if you want me to, then help me. You know, I want you to, to put me with the best so that, so that when, I, when I stand behind a pulpit, I preach something that will help people. Because I am not interested in just standing behind a pulpit and have three points on a poem. And make people feel good and they just go home and nothing changes. But he had to help me overcome some of my, my wrong thinking first. And so right after that, two weeks after that, I, I under, you know, and then so, so now you ask the Lord, right? And then you follow his promptings, right? You follow, follow the Holy Ghost. Because he will, he will impress on you things and then you need to listen to that. So I knew that it would be a good idea to be joined to a prayer group down there. And so I'm just like, okay. So I'm, 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 I'm looking at what they have available. And I, one caught my attention. It said, said praying for, for healing school and end time glory. I thought, that sounds great. So I just put my name down there. And then the, the leader over that, his name was, was, was Harlan Jacobs. He's an African-American man. I love him to pieces. He went home to be with the Lord. But he put some things in me and he helped me overcome some of that wrong thinking. And so in the, in the first three months of that prayer group, you know what? He, we didn't pray. But he was, he was rehearsing, what does the word say about your right standing with God? He said, your right standing doesn't change just because you, you make some wrong choices. He says, but you, how you see yourself is going is gonna, to is gonna affect how much you tap into. So he was just preaching what the blood of Jesus has done. And did you know, you know, because I had, you know, I had repented, right? 1 John 1, 9. You know, let's read that because that is something that, that, you know, we will do. And then we think that nothing happened because we don't feel like we're forgiven. <laughs> Has any of you ever been moved by what you feel like before? And so he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. So I had already repented, right? And I, I'm pursuing God, but I'm still having this nagging feeling of inadequacy. Of you, should, you, you knew better and you still walked away. Who are you? Who are you? And that's when you need to have enough word in you to say that, okay, how much time have you got? I'm redeemed. By the blood of Jesus. When Jesus died for me, I was made completely righteous. And his, his, the blood of Jesus continues to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I can say with what Smith Wigglesworth of old said. He said, there's nothing in me that the blood has not cleansed. 
And what sin came in and did, the blood went even further and cleansed it and removed it. And so now he's just preaching on righteousness. He's talking about our place in Christ because he said, we're not just going to pray. He says, we're going we're to change your prayer life. And for you to, to pray correctly, you need to see yourself correctly. Because if you don't see yourself as righteous, if you don't see yourself as somebody who is without blame, that God has actually washed by the blood of Jesus, you probably will not come boldly to the throne of grace. And that's what had to change for me so that I would come boldly to God and actually know that He's actually happy to see me. It's not like, no, you stand over there in the corner because you have to get some stuff right. No, no. The way that, that, that grace works is that he, he cleans you up so that, so that you can walk right. So he, said, he says, come to me. Come to me. Spend time with me. Hallelujah. And I will show you how great of a love that I have shown you in Christ Jesus. So it was a process, right? But as, as, as my mind as my heart is washed with the water of the Word of God, now I start to see things correctly. And I, can, I, I could start to say, devil, you're just going to have to shut up. I'm not listening to your lies anymore. Because 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we could become the righteousness of God in him. That means that we're as right as God is which is, to your natural mind, is hard to understand. But it's nevertheless true. Because when you start to look at Paul's revelation, he's talking about those things. And that's why, you know, we have been, 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 been teaching a lot on the prayer in, the, in, in chapter 1 of Ephesians. You know, it says, you know, I, I ask, Lord, that you will grant me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of my understanding being enlightened that i may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is this exceeding great power that is working toward us who believe and then he goes further and he says that power is like the same power that he worked in christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places and so it takes time for your mind and your heart to kind of grab a hold of this. And that's where you ask the Lord and then you get in the book. And you start to see some of these things. Because I had, to, I had to get set free from wrong thinking. And that's the same with, with you stepping into anything that salvation brought. You know, we need to deal with wrong thinking. Thinking that it's not in line with the word of God. But as we do, then we're able to step into what God has given us. And we're supposed to actually go from faith to faith. From glory to glory. We're supposed to walk in more and more and more and more of what Jesus has done for us as we walk down the road. And so I, so I was in this prayer group. And so now I'm starting to, to, to step into, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, what God had called me to do. And so I'm part of the prayer group. I'm volunteering at, 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 at prayer school there to, to usher and stuff like that, just doing whatever I can to help 
right? So I'm just getting involved. I'm helping. I'm helping this, this traveling uh, uh, ministers called Shekinah Glory. I'm, I'm taking them to the airport and picking them, taking them there and picking them back up, you know, cleaning up leaves in their backyard. Because the thing, I just wanted to be, to be close to them because I realized that they have something I want. And so, so I did all these things, and then, and then I realized that, you know what, you need to be connected to this healing center. And you know, I didn't really understand how I was going to make this happen because now, you know, I haven't made money in years. <laughs> Good thing I had saved up some, right? And so I'm just like, and so, and to do this, I need to have a new visa because my visa's expired. And so I'm just having all this, this stuff I need to overcome in my head. And so now I'm, I'm at the end of several years of school and, and I, you know, my job, that's gone. And, and, and now I really don't have any any way to stay, you know, because I don't have a visa and you don't have a job, and then so we go back to Norway. I have nothing. Yes. This is amazing. And so, did you know that God will never, He will never create a plan for your life that doesn't require faith? Because He's a faith God. It takes faith to please Him. So anyhow, so now, I uh, go back to Norway and... Uh, I uh, helped my dad put a, put a roof on his house, instead of mom and dad's house, not great. And uh, I love my mom and dad, but you know, when you're in your mid-30s, man, you don't want to stay at mom and dad's house. And so, uh, and then, and then this is, this is really, really funny, because the guy, I was offered a job once over a, actually it was the, the comp- my dad started this company. And so this one guy, he, 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 he got the job that I was offered. I, I declined it because I, I, I need to do something else. And he comes, he comes rolling up to my house in a Ferrari. And I'm like, you suck. You know, I'm not supposed to say that in church, but that's what I said. And so, <laughs> and so you know, so the devil is like, well, you could have had that. It's like, you shut up, you know. And so, you know, we, we are all human beings, right? And so we all deal with things. And, and, so, and so, you know, it's just one of those things like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep on going here. I'm going to do what God has, has impressed on me to do. And so, so I went down to the American embassy and I talked to the lady there. I said, well, this is the story. I want to do this. I want to volunteer at this healing center. And I said, I know, because I did my research. I said, I know that you don't give these visas for more than six months, but I would really like a year. And so, thank you very much, and I left. And I got, I got a visa for a year in the mail. And so, God provided. And so, and then, and then money came in, and I, could, I, could, I, I went back, and I, I joined uh, uh, the healing center there as, as a healing, they call them healing technicians. Basically, you just, you just help people that are, a lot of them are terminally ill, to receive healing. Because it has been provided as one of the things that Jesus died for, Right? And so I learned how to really meditate on the Word. You know, what does that mean? Well, it means you go in to the Scriptures and you see what what they talk about. You know, Paul, he had a revelation of what happened on the cross. You know, you can say that Paul's revelation is more like an x-ray. You could see what happened in the unseen, right? And so so, so we started started going through his epistles, and seeing, you know, where it says in Christ, that is something that is you. And there's about 130 of those in the New Testament. And if you go in there and you start to see what 
God did for you in Christ and what he has put in you and you start to agree with that now some of these things will start to get activated and you will start to have have great confidence in the things of God and the fact that he has you know has empowered you and so I I I cannot probably the value that I receive there is 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 something that I don't know if I can put a value on it it's just invaluable because I learned the power of my agreement with what God says and that's a lot of times the, 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 the problem is that we see some things in the world and it's just like, well, you know, you, you, you have a problem seeing yourself that way. But, but, but it starts with you agreeing with what God says about you. Why? Because God probably knows what he's talking about. Right. And if you don't see yourself that way, well, then that can change, right? And that's why pastor's been talking about authority. You know, the authority that you have over the enemy because of your place in Christ Jesus. These things need to be, to not just be taught, but you actually need to go home and open your Bible to the scriptures that we just talked about. You hear me? In church. And you need to rehearse them and you need to say that about yourself. You know, for instance, you know, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, But God who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you've been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You need to meditate on these until they become part of who you are. So that you see things from up there instead of down here. So you see the devil in the right perspective. Because he tries to present himself as some mighty roaring lion. Which is not the truth. We read in, in the book of Revelations that we're going to see him one day as he truly is. And we're going to say, is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one that deceived the nations? Is this the one? You know, Hollywood's picture is not the right picture. He's a defeated little devil that boasts great things. And so I just wanted to share some of these things with you just to, to really show you that we all have a walk, right? And we don't know everything. We actually, the more you, you learn, the less you know that you know. But we can attain to more and more, and we can also fulfill everything that God has called us to do. You know, we can, we can, we can be able to say at the end of our race that we have finished the race. And we fought a good fight, just like Paul did. I say this all the time, I'll finish everything God has called me to do in grand style. Then I'm going to do a victory lap just because I want to. And then I'm going to go home and see Jesus and hear well done. How about you? What comes out of your mouth sets the course for your life. And you know, God didn't, you know, it's not because you do everything right. But if you keep your heart right, then he's going to be able to keep you. You have one of my, well, another one of my favorites is, is, is Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20. He says that now may the God of peace, 
who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work for doing his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in your sight. You know, that, that should be the meditation of your heart. Just agree with God that he's actually working in you. That which is well-pleasing in his sight. Making you complete for every good work. You know, he's able to do that if you would just agree with him. You know, God just needs your agreement. And that's why it's so important, you know, to get up in the morning and just get the word out of your mouth. You know, because I've listened to this preacher. It's Mark Hankins, anyhow. I just thought I'd mention his name, but he's talking about, you know, it takes 90 seconds or less. You know, I'm an instrument rated pilot, so I should know this. You know, before you, you start to lose control, if you're not instrument rated and you get into, into instrument conditions, right? Because you don't know which is up and down or whatever, and you'll, you'll, you'll start to do funny things. And so we should keep that in mind in the morning. You have 90 seconds or less to have the word of God come out of your mouth. Are you going to walk according to what the Word says? Or are you going to be moved by what your body tells you or what your circumstances tell you? You have 90 seconds or less to get a positive confession come out of your mouth. That means before the coffee pot is dripping. Start your day off with declaring what the Word of God says about you. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the blood. Ha! I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus prevents deception and aborts every attempt of the enemy to deceive us. The blood of Jesus actually alive and powerful and so full of life and grace. He perfects that which concerns me and reconciles everything in me and my family to the perfect will of God. Every day and in every way. Hallelujah. <laughs> the blood of Jesus is actually able to wash away the stain of sin in your life. 90 seconds or less. If you remember nothing else from this sermon, just if you remember that in the morning, <laughs> within 90 seconds, I'm going to have a positive confession come out of my mouth. Because your words have power over life and death. Proverbs says. Praise the Lord. Well, I just want to share some things with you tonight that has helped me, and I know it'll help you. And I want to just pray, and then we'll take up an offering, and we'll get out of here. Praise the Lord, because it's 7.59. Praise the Lord. Father, we love you so much. Thank you <laughs> for loving us. Hallelujah. For loving us, Father God. You are a good God. And we're so thankful that you chose us. Your word says that we didn't choose you. You chose us. Hallelujah. And that gives us great confidence, Father, to come into your presence. And so, Father, we know that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are there. Hallelujah. We're so grateful that you are leading and guiding us into all truth. That your spirit, hallelujah, is helping us. Every step of the way, hallelujah, to see what we need to see, to know what we need to know, hallelujah, and to alert us of the things we need to be alerted of. Thank you, Father, for your bringing us up and forward, hallelujah. And we will, Father, fulfill everything that you've called us to do in grand style, 
the mandate and the call on this church will be fulfilled. Hallelujah. In grand style. Because we're well able, Father, because we have your spirit and your word. And you have empowered us and you've enabled us, Father God, over and above anything we could have asked for or imagined. So we thank you, Father, in the days ahead for greater light and greater understanding, Father, of what Jesus has done for us, what the blood accomplished. Hallelujah. And, Father, we purpose to walk in the light that you give, Father. And that we will, we will, we will increase, Father, in honor for your things, in honor for your word. And, Father, we will yield ourselves to your spirit. Hallelujah. So we thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.